to do a little bit of review, and then we're going to get right into the message. And, but just welcome back to our Savior's Church. Only good-looking people come to our Savior's Church. Just want you to know that. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about what God wants to do, how we, God has called us to live beyond, you know, beyond ourselves. And we can have a greater impact on what God wants to do in this city and in our region. And we've also been, we've been making plans with God, and we know that God has given our church a vision to extend, to expand, and to enhance on our REACH project. And today, the message that I've entitled is called this, Preparing for a Miracle. How many need a miracle? Come on, how many need a miracle? Okay, we're going to talk about how you get a miracle. Because and I want to talk to you what the Bible says. and what the, You know, if we're going to talk about a miracle, we probably need to look at the Bible. Wouldn't that be a good place to be? I remember one time I was in a bank and someone goes, well, do y'all preach the gospel over there? Do y'all use the Bible? And I said, well, every once in a while I pull out the Koran and they go like that and go, no, I'm Jesus. Anyway, just, but, uh, you know, today the message is, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to, we, we want to talk about now, how can we partner with God and see the supernatural take place uh, in and through our lives? And so before we jumped in the message today, I just wanted to remind you of one thing. Next Sunday, we're going to come together, and as we come together as a church, we're going to commit to God what God wants to do through us in our REACH project. So I hope you're praying. I hope you're believing God, and you're asking God. And my wife and I, we talked this morning, prayed, and, you know, we, we, we just kind of like, man, this is what God's telling us to do, and we're going, wow. You know, it's like, I always know this. When I, I, I had a big number in mind, and then I asked my wife, and hers was bigger than mine. And I'm like, dang, you always beat me in faith. I don't like that. Anyway, so we went to her number. But anyway, but see, the church, I believe this is it. Remember, I encouraged you last week. It's not what I can do, but what God can do through me. And so uh, in this series, we've learned a bunch. And so three weeks ago, we talked about living God's way. The way God wants us to live is uh, we looked at the life of Abraham, and he had a life of he had lived a life of surrender and resurrender, and he lived a life where he had an open hand. Whatever God wanted him to do, whatever God wanted him to go. We discovered daily resurrendering to God. What does that look like? And it's a lifestyle. It's not just a, we had a one moment, a one time experience, but daily we resurrender our lives and what God's asking us to do and what God wants us to be. And in its way, it's, it's living every day. Lord, uh, you may, you know, whatever you have for my life, whatever you, I, I want to resurrender everything to you. I've talked to several people and say, you know, Pastor Rova, as I've been going, how many of you have been enjoying our daily devotional? And I've got so many people that go, Pastor, man, God's just been speaking to me through this daily devotional. Some go, where'd y'all get all that stuff? Well, the Bible. And, you know, and, and it's like, and so, and, and then two weeks ago, we talked about what, what the, the next step is learning is how to hear the voice of God. And, uh, you know, hearing God is vital. You need to have, how many of you know it's vital to hear, learn to hear God's voice as you have a Christian, you're a Christian. You know, we, you know, it's like there's one voice that I can distinguish over the phone, my wife. We've been married almost 30 years in August. And, and I mean, when she calls me, I know that voice. I don't have to go, who is this? Now, when it's my sons, we have five sons. And when they go through puberty, their voices change. You know what I mean? I love those pre-puberty. Hello. 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 You know, I remember Andrew had a, a deep voice and he'd always kind of crackle and stuff. And so, but often we, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a chasm between, you know, uh, between hearing God and obeying God. And we talked about that. And last week we looked at the benefits of obeying God. And what does that look like? And, and, partial, and we talked about partial obedience 
is what? Come on, remember? Delayed obedience is what? Wait, partial or delayed obedience is disobedience. We try to figure it out. We try to justify it. When we talked about, you know, God just wants us to do what he asks us to do. And uh, I know this is that over the course of this series, I've sensed that God has burned in our hearts a fresh passion to fulfill the vision of reaching people and building lives. I'm excited for our, 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 our egg extravaganza that we're going to be having here. And I believe that, you know, every time we go out and reach out to the community, God does something incredible. And so it's just a real opportunity, and we want more than five of you to show up. It, it would really help us because that's, that's a lot of us. That's a lot of Kool-Aid I'm pouring by myself. And so uh, and I know you'll show up. But as, as we've looked in, and we've looked at living beyond ourselves, I think we, we've all seen and we look back, there's one thing. It's, it's all about impacting people. And, and I know this, yes, the REACH Project, we've talked about coming together as a family and make a financial commitment. But, uh, and if you're new, we've been doing this for months, planning. We're doing a project. We're raising, we're raising, uh, we're, we're believing God in this project. We're going to be uh, starting our Crowley campus. And, and uh, last week we had 29 people at our, our life group in Crowley. I'm excited about that. We had one couple who came up. We didn't even, we hadn't even been talking about it. And they go, where do we start, when do we start tithing? We go, Man, y'all in. <laughs> and you know, we looked at each other, wow, I, you know, you really, you want to do that? Yeah, get my line, whatever, you know, just, just a great couple. And there's great couples there, and I'm excited for what God wants to do there. And then we talked about we're, we're going to be expanding here at our campus, and we're going to be extending. And what we're going to be doing, we're going to be, be, uh, be, 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 and let me just slow down. You like that car thing, that's all, isn't it? But what we're doing is we're going to be building our reach, uh, our reach uh, center, and we're going to be using that for many, many different things, life groups, expanding our children. You see how many children we have? Listen, if you go in the parking lot, there's no room. And we just extended our parking lot less than a year ago, and there's just no room. And you see what God is doing. And so God's touching people, and that's what we're all about, reaching people and building lives. And we, when in our time together, God has brought us on a spiritual journey, and it's not, it's not only to change our lives, but it's also the lives of people, the countless people that aren't even here yet. And I believe that, you know, when you have an empty seat, that means that represents someone that's not here yet. That God wants to touch someone's life. He wants to change a, a family. He wants to change a man to step up to be the man God's called him to be. To take the responsibility. I mean, you know, we need men like that in our community. That would be willing to take the responsibility. See, the Lord is blowing in this place. <laughs> Come on. Hey, opening the door for new people. Anyway, just. Wow. What happened, Tony? Come on. Now, me know, you know. There you go. Some take it by force. We'll figure it. Shook the building. Come on, we're going to shake the building this morning. That's never happened. Maybe the Lord's just blowing up in here. You know, remember this. It's been, it's been and always will be about reaching more people for Christ and building their lives. And so living beyond ourselves is, is about, you know, really, it's about impacting people's lives. And, you know, the truth is our church from the very beginning has been, is, is one giant miracle after another. It's just a miracle after miracle. I love to read about and talk about and see God's miracles. How about you? You know, I often thought about why miracles happen in the Bible. 
and uh, how they happen and what are they what are the conditions or the environments that lead things to happen for a miracle and so this morning what you're going to see i believe that there is a bible we can study and learn why and how miracles take place and so i want you to do this does anyone know the only miracle there's only one miracle think about it there's only one miracle that is included in all four gospels anybody know what it is any scholars in here this morning any people have been studying their Bible? There's only one miracle that it, it's in all four Gospels. What is it? No, let me just tell you what it is. Since y'all guessing. Huh? My wife. You've been looking at my notes? All right, my wife, okay. It's feeding the multitude. It's the only, it's the only miracle that's in all four Gospels. And we're going to talk about this morning. So if you believe God, if you, <coughs> if you believe God feels that it's important enough to put it in all four Gospels, then we might need to take some time to look at why it's in all four Gospels. And so this morning, in our time together, I want, you to, I want to talk to you about how a biblical miracle works. I'm going to talk about that this morning. And so turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 6 and Mark chapter 6. You have two places. If you don't have that, we'll have it on the screen up here for you so you can read in bold. And I'm just going to begin to read from Mark chapter 6. And starting verse 1, it says, after these things, in the verse 13, it says, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is in the Sea, sea of Tiberias, Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he had performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with the disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Lord, he's like, two denera, you know, worth of bread is not sufficient for them. And every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in this place. They weren't smoking it, all right? We're not in Colorado. So the men sat down in, in a number of about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they, they wanted. So when they, were, when they were filled, think about it, say it with they were filled. How many of you ate somewhere this week and you were filled? Okay, they had that feeling. They had that feeling of being filled. I mean, that's like having a good couvion, all right? He said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled the 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left by those who had eaten. Out of this passage, we see the making or the recipe of a biblical miracle. Let me give you, let me give it to you. Number one, a biblical miracle begins where there is a need. It begins where there's a need. A bit, you know, Jesus has been teaching all day, and it's getting late, and the people are getting hungry. Their stomachs are growling. The you know, there's 5,000 men. That means there's women and children as well. You imagine, I know when my wife is hungry, she's like, baby, i got to have a cracker. 
You know, I got to have something. Or we have little kids, you know what I mean? You know, come on. You think it was a quiet crowd. Okay? And so here they were. They didn't have all these little snacks and everything. There was a definite need and there was a problem. You know, by the way, it's interesting. Jesus always comes into contact with needy people. You know? But, but how did the miracle begin? It, it wasn't with faith. It wasn't with prayer. It started with a need. Think about it. Every miracle in the Bible begins where there's a need or a problem. Here it is. I tell you, the good news, most of us have problems. Anybody got a problem in here? Okay. Let, let me. The rest of the good news is if you have a problem, you're a candidate for a miracle. And if you got big problems, you got a big miracle coming your way. And, and let me just, the only person who has a real problem is the person who doesn't have a problem. Because they don't need God. And here I'm here today, our church is a candidate for a miracle. We're in a place of need. More, we need more campuses to reach more, more lost people throughout our region. Not only that, more space for our kids. Man, you go over there and watch. And look, I, I wish you were in the front building with all them children running around. Praise God. Let, let, let me tell you, the real ministers are the people that are working with our children this morning. So you can sit here, hear the word of God, be relaxed, and they're not just getting red Kool-Aid and fish and getting hyper so you can pick them up and got to deal with them the rest of the day. They're in there getting the word of God, being fed, and being instructed how to live a life how many of you are glad about that the thing i love when people when, when i call people if you fill out a visitor card i'll call you and i call and i say well how did your kids man my kids loved it that's not i know that's when we're having success because i realize this if you touch a child you reach a parent's heart you see more space for more property for future expansions in eunice you know, more parking spots, more places where we can do outreaches. See, we're, we're in a great shape here at our Savior's Church. You know why? Because we're in a position for a miracle. You see, the second thing is a biblical miracle begins where there's a need, and it's sensed by a group of people. How many of you sense that in your heart? You know, Mark chapter 6, verse 35 says, When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is the deserted place, and already the hour is late. Disciples had a problem. You know, it was the end of the day, and they had a huge, hungry crowd that needed to be fed. The important thing is they brought that need. Listen to me. Where did they bring the need to? To Jesus. When you have a need in your life, how many of you ever tried to go around other people? And people can help you. The Bible says in the abundance of counselors, there's wisdom. But there's some moments you just seem, you need to know. When I can't, get, I know this. When I can't get in touch with my pastor or my friends that I, God's trying to speak to me, say, you need to get in touch with me. And I need to, and I know this for every one of us. How many of you have those moments where you just know you needed God? You know, sometimes you've heard me say it before. Sometimes the best prayer you can ever pray is go, help. Because God knows right where you're at. He knows what you need. You know, I, was, I had to go get my checkup this week, and they had four people sitting in a chemo chair, and they had one of the old, one of the old Cajun ladies that, you know, she knew me, and she goes, Michelle, baby, how you doing? And I started telling her what, what God was doing in me and everything, and she goes, oh, that's so good. That's, I'm so, I've been praying for you. 
And, you know, and it's like I said, and I, I looked at him, I said, I'm going to be praying for all of y'all. And I just started right there in front of the nurses. The, I don't care. Come on. And I just started boasting about God and what he's doing in me and what he wanted to do for them. And you know what? And that's what they need to hear. They need to have hope. Come on. I mean, you know, people need to have hope. You know, I mean, if God can take someone that was on dope and give you hope, praise God. Something's happening. God can make me up from a dope head to a hope head. So there you go for all those people praying for their children their grandchildren. Hopefully you and I realize that we have a problem and we need to bring those things that we have to God, to Jesus. You see, you know, we, we never catch Jesus by surprise. You ever have that? God, do you know what's going on? I've been watching the whole time. It was coming. What do you need? How many of you ever felt like, you know, I mean, you feel like, God, do you really know? He knows about the needs and the challenges that we live in. I believe he prepares you even for a lifetime before you get to that issue. He's already given you the grace to walk through what you're going to have to walk through. He knows what you need even before you ask, the Bible says. You see, I believe this is that today's passage, we see a cup. We, we, what you do is what many Christians do is they have a, a, a problem. And every problem that we have, God has a solution for us. How many of you believe that? But it requires this thing. It's called obedience. It requires obedience. What do many Christians do when they have a problem? We go, Lord, <laughs> can I tell you something? The, you know what a problem does sometimes? Is some people, it really shows what's inside them. And you know the sad thing is some people, it's sad, but as they leave God. Or they get mad at God. Or they get bitter. And they go, where are you? God is right there in everything we walk through. The Bible says he doesn't leave us and he doesn't forsake us. He says, lo, I'm with you always. That's a promise for all of sharp people. Amen? Lo, I'm with you. Come on. You see, oftentimes we're looking, you know, it's one of the, the top problems in Christian communities is that we want God to do miracles without our participation. Oftentimes we're looking for far from God not for a miracle, but we're looking for magic. What do you mean by the pastor? The truth is, without God, we cannot. And without us, he cannot. What does that look like? See, you want to sit back and we want to sit back and go, go, God. Go get him, boy. Get rid of God. We watch and we do great things without participating. That's not the recipe for a miracle I see in Scripture. In today's passage, we see a couple of people that get involved in a miracle. A little boy surrenders his lunch. Okay? And the disciples worked, they worked to get the food out of the they worked to get the food out to the thousands of people. So Mark 6, verse 37, the beginning he says, But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. You know, we see here that God chooses to work through what? People. God loves working through people. That you know that you can be the hands of God, the feet of Jesus. You can be the mouthpiece of God. God never sends a messenger with an empty envelope, ever. If God sends you, he, he's with you. He backs you. He said he'll never put you before rulers of men. He said the king's hearts in the, are in the palm of his hand, no matter what you face, no matter what you go through. 
So we all know God can do great things, and he wants to do great things in our church and our community through the REACH Project. But without our involvement with him, we're not going to see any miracles happen. Well, pastor, think about it. Noah did the, what did he do? He built an ark because God told him to because a storm was coming. He didn't know what rain looked like. But he obeyed God, and because he obeyed God, he kept his family from destruction because he built an ark. Then you look at Jesus to the lame man who did not walk. And he says, hey, get up. And I love what he says, and pick up your pallet while you're at it. I mean, he just didn't go, yabba-dabba-doo, you know, get up. He said, get up, walk. And, and by the way, pick up the pallet. I, I wouldn't you have loved to have been there? I used to read this book to my children. It was called, I Wish, I Wish. He'd go, I wish I was there when Jesus walked the shores. I wish, I wish. I wish I was there when Jesus fed them. I mean, it's just, I wish, I wish. But one day, we're going to meet the face behind the voice that we heard all of our life. And it's not going to be about wishing anymore. It's going to be a reality. And he's just as real right now in knowing your need and knowing where you're at. And exactly what we need is a miracle for our church. You know, God wants to partner with us in seeing miracles. How many believe that? He just wants to partner with us. And the third thing is a biblical miracle begins where there's a need sensed by a group of people and they step out. Listen to this. Regardless of the odds. John 6, verses 8 and 9. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said to them, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among many? At first, disciples had to had a hard time finding food. Can you imagine? But you, do you remember that Jesus told them to do that very thing? Then they found little Jimmy. I'll call him Jimmy, all right? They come up to Jimmy, and they go, hey. I mean, he probably had a sack lunch. I don't know, or a little sack basket. I don't know what he had. He had, a ba- he had some food, all right? And you imagine the guys coming, hey, man, we want your lunch. Oh, he might have been hiding his lunch at first. I don't know. It doesn't say. But, I, I mean, my imagine, I'm like, think about it. They started staring at him, and they started walking toward him. Hey, give me that. Yes, sir. You know? Let me give you two reasons why it's hard to give up our lunch. Number one, it's hard to care for others when we are comfortable with ourselves. Don't shout me down. There was only one person in the crowd who didn't didn't think they needed a miracle from God. It was the kid. It was Jimmy. He had a lunch. He wasn't worried. He goes, I'm going to go sneak behind that little sycamore tree with Nicodemus, and we're going to look at you. Maybe we'll have a little, a little snack. The challenge for us is to see that, that is, it, it is all about helping others. A life lived only for yourself really gets boring. You see, the second thing is God often asks us to do things that don't make sense. Hello? God ever asked you to do something that didn't make a lot of sense? Think about 5,000 men and their family versus one lunch. That's like feeding a sellout crowd at Tiger Stadium. How many of you been to Tiger Stadium? That's a lot more people in there, but I'm, okay, let's say a UL game. No, well, let's go McNeese, okay? Okay? McNeese. We'll go to McNeese. That's like going in, in Cowboy Stadium at McNeese 
and they got 5,000 men, and they ran out of popcorn. There's no more nothing, okay? The sad thing, and all of a sudden, God asks you to do something, to pray over something, to feed the multitudes, and there's leftovers. Think about that. I mean, what would happen? I don't know. I don't know when, when they pulled one fish out, the fish head came out, and then it created another fish. I don't know. They were cracking heads, you know? We suck heads at crawfish. Well, they were cracking heads. I don't know. But I believe this. I mean, that's an LSU game with everybody getting a McDonald's super value lunch. All right? Come on. But see, faith gives, faith gives because God asked for it. Not because it makes sense. God's asking, what will you do with what he asked you to do? Maybe you feel like, well, I just have a little bit of resources. God's not looking for your lunchbox or your wallet. He's looking for your faith and your obedience. That's what he's looking for. You see, can you imagine the kid in the end of the day, what he's telling his mom about what happened? Mom, I had my lunch, and I had some bread and some fish, man. These guys came over, and they, they took my whole lunch, the one you packed me. Did you eat everything? Mama, did I eat? And we fed, like, a lots of people with her, too. Can you imagine him growing up, telling his kids, man, one day I had a lunch, and then, then when Jesus was preaching, he goes, and they, and they go like, come on, Dad, you've told us that story a thousand times. I can't imagine. His whole life, it was, it was, it, 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 he thought about that day that he partnered with God. I'm sure it could never left his mind how he partnered with God. And when he partnered with what he gave his lunch and what God did with his little lunch and, and, and ministered to the multitudes. See, in the Bible, we read about the great men and women that are in the grandstands of heaven, the multitude. They're cheering us on because of their exploits of faith. I think maybe little Jimmy's in that multitude cheering us on to trust God, whatever he's asking us to do. You see, if that kid could step in, if that little kid could step in here today, I think there's one thing he would say. God can only multiply what you offer him. God can only multiply what you offer him. I remember when we, we came here 14 years ago, none of y'all were here. None of y'all. But God sent us here in faith with four children. All right? Not a promise of a paycheck, nothing, but God sent us here. And we knew God called us to here. And, you know, I could, go, I could share all the stories and all the different things, but I'm not here to tell you. But I just know this. When I look in the crowd today, I go, miracle. We took what we had. Are you hearing me? I'd never been a senior pastor. I'd been a youth evangelist. I'd been a past, uh, associate pastor, assistant pastor. And I told you all last week, the first three letters start with the same. And it doesn't matter that's what you usually are when you're in that position. But anyway, just, and, and it's like, and I remember going and, and, and like, like, you know, I remember it's like one day. And God goes, well, here's your one day. Go for it. And you know what? God's been good. God's been good. We've been in, I mean, we, we started the Holiday Inn. We, we, were, we were even preaching in a harsh barn a couple of services. That is not a lie. And it smells a lot different. 
And that's not a joke. I mean, we were in the barn one day. My wife's sitting in the swing with a guy while I'm preaching, and the swing breaks in the barn. You think the door's open is bad. The, the swing broke. And my wife's not a heavyweight. In the hands of little Jimmy, in our story today, those loaves of bread and those fish were, were only one meal. But in the hands of Jesus, it fed the multitudes. It was a feast in his hands. Think about it. In my hands, a golf club is worth a couple hundred bucks maybe. But in the hands of Tiger Woods, that's an $80 million golf club. A basketball in my hands, maybe buy you a Coke. But you put it in LeBron James's hands. A duck call in my hands will bring ducks. But in the hands of Phil Robinson... And his son, Willie, let me tell you something, a multi-million dollar corporation, it's whose hands. Come on. I mean, listen, if I got into Michael Jordan, I, mean, he, I, I still think he's the greatest basketball, I don't care about all the others, all right? I mean, if I unzipped Michael Jordan, and I stepped up into him and zipped it back, I mean, I would do a tomahawk slam dunk in your mama's face. Yeah, mama. You know, I mean, just... I mean, I would be all over the map, man, because I stepped into something that was greater than me. But when I step into God and I go, God, here's what I have. This is all I got. And this is all I got, God. And I give it into your hands. What can you do with it? God can do incredible things. You know, it all depends on whose hands it's in. Let me give you three levels of giving, and I'm going to. Wrap, wrap this up and we're going to pray. What can I, here's the first level. What can I afford? What can I give without giving anything up? There's, there's very little faith in that level. There's really, and the second level is what can I sacrifice? What can I give only if I give something up? This is still a natu- in the natural realm because you see it and it's logical. But the third level is, what can I trust God to do through me? What can I give? What can I give only if I give something up and then trust God to be my source? This is the level that will bring supernatural, exponential increase. This is the, this is the faith commitment level. Here's where, here's where we leave, what would I call, what I call it, God room. God, you got to show up. Can I, I just be honest with you? This is not about this morning. My wife and I were talking. I said, all right, we've been praying. I looked at her. I said, what do you, okay, what do you think? What do you feel like God's saying? She goes, well, I haven't had a figure. And this is true. I'm just, I said, well, I've been having one. I mean, every night I can't sleep. I'm thinking about it, you know, when it, all these different things. And she, and I said, well, just give me a figure. Well, and, and I'm like, Come on, baby. I'm not, I don't know. I mean, God's really t- stretching. I think he wants to stretch us. And I just look at her and say, what do you think? And she tells me a figure, and I'll go, dang. I never like asking you things like that. Because yours are always bigger than mine. But I said, man, that's more faith. And, she, you know, she, we're having all kinds of deals. You know, like we're thinking, oh, this is what we can do. We can do this. We can do this. We can do, you know, it's like, here's what I'm asking you to do. 
This is all I'm asking you to do. And there's no pressure, nothing. He says, will you trust God? Ask God to move through you. And ask God, God, can I give the biggest gift that I've ever given? Can I trust you for it? Can God trust you if he gives it to you? See, if God can get it to you, can he get it through you? Will God be pleased? At this time, I just want to take, yeah, you had a little piece of paper, and it's just creative ways to give. Just pick that up with me, and I'm going to bring it to a close here. I want to explain this card you, you're, you have, and it's just a, it's, as we approach our commitment weekend, which is next weekend, we wanted to show you some creative ways and how you can do this this morning. First, gifts in kind. Assets, you can, you know, significant giving potential, stocks, bonds, assets, automatic withdrawal, you know what that is, charitable giving resource. Some people give to certain things and go, you know, should I be giving this? Ask God. God, is there something I can do with that? I know that for me, I've supported someone for a while and I, I stopped it because I, I know that it's like that's more that I can do with it. That's me, though. OK, that's what I felt I needed to do in, in cash flow gifts. You know, you can significantly give by maybe you go, you know, I can't give big gifts, but I can give something small every week consistently and just trust God with that income raises and bonuses. That's where you just pray. Ask God. You know, special sales. I'm talking, my wife and I were going, man, we could do a garage sale. We get some money out of that. You know, we started just thinking about, you know, my wife goes, you detail cars real good. You get $100 a weekend. I'm going, yeah, pastor's glean. Anyway, just in here. <laughs> and it delay, delay some non-essential purchases like, you know, cell phones, cable TV. Do we really need to catch all them channels we got on there? Shopping trips. I know, I'm, I'm sorry, women. But anyway, just. But these are, you know, magazine subscriptions. These are different. These are creative ways. You know, like there's some people, like I had a conversation with a lady here. And she goes, Pastor, I just, you know, my situation's changed. And, and, uh, and I said, well, just, just pray. Ask God what he wants you to do. That's all we're asking. There's no pressure here. And so this morning, you go, was well, this all about, you know, just money? No, it's not. It's all a matter of you learning to hear God's voice, what we talked about. You stepping out in faith and obeying him. There's no pressure here. But we're believing. We're believing on the next three years we're going to raise a million dollars. And when we started this church with 33 people, we raised, as we call it our six-and-a-half-week miracle, we raised $133,000 in six-and-a-half weeks. And it was just God to be able to buy the the. First part of our property and everything. And then this building we're sitting in. Come on, some of you were part of this. We had matching funds. That we were able to pay for this thing. What you're sitting in is paid for. Say we say paid. And I think God's just kind of been pushing us along. He said, all right, are you, here's the big one. You know, this is the biggest, this is the biggest. Listen, I'm going to give more than I've ever given in my life. But I'm going to trust God more than I've ever given in my life. And I'm praying that you will. And it's not about finances, it's about faith, trusting God. And so this morning, I just want us to pray because, you know, whatever you have in your life, I just know this, if you're at a place in your life and you don't know Jesus, look at me, if you don't know Jesus, if you just step out and go, God, you know all my stuff, you know all my issues, you know the junk in my trunk. I've tried myself, I've tried to better myself, fix myself up, do things. But 
I still have the same issues in my life. Can I just look at me this morning? Let me tell you something. Look at me. I want to see the whites of your eyes. You can trust me. You know, 34 years ago, I stepped out in faith to trust God with my life. And it's changed me from the inside out. And most people want it from the outside in. Come on. You know, I'm 54 now. I mean, I don't look like I used to look. Now, what are y'all laughing at? But I feel like I'm like 30. Come on, I was out picking up decoys yesterday with my son and his friend, and I was like, I picked up two decoy bags on a levee for about a half a mile, picking them up on my back, and I looked at Cole and and Luke, I said, just remember this, I'm 54, you're 10 and 11. When you're 54, I want to know if you can do this. Shut up. You know, get to work. You know, pick up them things, you know. Don't you, and I don't want to hear any complaining. But you know, I know this, is we just step out. You step out in faith and you trust God. Wherever you're at, God can change you. But it starts with a first step. It's a first step. If it's faith, if it's salvation, if it's a miracle, God wants you to participate with him. Because he can't if you won't. And he wants if you can. Amen? And Jesus has come to give life. And I love what it says. And to give it life more abundantly. That means that he insists stoutly that you enjoy his life. That you learn what... When we were singing that song, you weren't singing lies. You were singing something that was really the anthem of your heart. Come on. I mean, like that song up there, the boys are back in town. That's Thin Lizzy, all right? You know, what are you, Thin Lizzy in church? Heck yeah, man. I used to listen to that all the time. But I just changed my anthem around. Come on. I can sing that, man, he's love. He's life. He's freedom. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's what I've, what I've longed for. And that's what he is. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Father, for your heart. Lord, your heart is always, always to reach out and to reveal yourself strong and mighty. Lord, that we would see that you are, God, that you are able to deliver. You're able to deliver us from whatever we find ourselves in. Lord, I thank you that if it's, and Lord, as, as we sit in this crowd today, we know where we're at. We know what we need. And Lord, we're a candidate for a miracle. Maybe you're here in your seat this morning. No one looking around. As we, maybe you're here this morning and you have issues and problems. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to tell you this. As Jesus is here this morning, he's walked between these, these aisles. He's touched your heart as I've spoken. He's speaking to you even now. He wants to come and bring relief in your life, in your soul, in your spirit. The Bible says, he says this, if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us, that's my favorite part, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have the God of hope that's here this morning. And he just wants to touch your life. And you're a candidate for a miracle. And that miracle is salvation. That Jesus saves you from yourself to himself. 
If you're here this morning, say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. I, I have things in my life, but I know the most important thing is for me to trust Jesus with my whole heart and my whole life. Please, no one looking around. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick, and I'll know to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Thank you. Probably have 18, 20 people that have raised their hand this morning. Father, let's just take this time to pray. And if you raise your hand, just pray this prayer with me. And under your own breath, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. You know where I'm at. I'm lost. But just like was shared this morning, I heard when it was shared that I have problems, but if I, that makes me a candidate for a miracle. That means things can change. So Lord, forgive me for my ways of doing my own thing. I don't want to do those things anymore. I want to do things the way you want me to. I want to, I want to fall in love with you, and I want to love you, and I want to live the rest of my life to please you to honor you and to obey your to know your voice to obey it and to believe for great things to take place in Jesus name Father this morning I thank you for the rest of us that we would just hear you and just simply obey your voice in all that you have for us and all that you have for this region for people that aren't even here yet that we would see lives change and transform and renewed by your great power and by your great love because we know the greatest force in all the universe is the love of God. And we thank you that we can trust you with all of our hearts because we know, Jesus, you didn't come to make bad people good. You came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. And I pray that over every heart and every mind in Jesus' name.